Welcome to the Spirit for Success podcast with your hosts, Rach Wilson and Therese Tucker. <laughs> Welcome to another Spirit for Success podcast. And with me, as always, is the talented, the terrific, the fabulous <laughs> and amazing Therese Tucker. <laughs> Every time it's like it's getting harder to know what to say after that. Just be like, hey. Hi, what's hi. up? So hi everyone. Welcome to our weekly podcast where anything goes. Anything can happen. <laughs> Today we thought we would talk about something that's coming up a lot, um, particularly in our circles. I don't know if it's happening out there, but you guys are gonna let us know. Um there is a lot of big stuff coming up and it's triggering people's stuff. There's a lot of old patterns and even people it from the past coming back to remind us of things that we haven't healed yet. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of heavy stuff and there's certainly a lot of people who are going through a lot of emotional crap right now. So we thought we might focus today's episode on you know, different things you can do and also give you some insights as to what's going on energetically that will possibly explain why it's feeling so heavy and hard right now. Um, and then we're going to go into you know, our little special ways and things that we do to move through this time and make it easier or heal our crap. So I'm going to throw it over to Therese to tell us a little bit more about what's going on in the energy right now. Well, we've talked about this a few times, but it bears repeating because it's, a, it's going to be a long theme. Okay. <laughs> it's long. We're talking like December. till December. <laughs> exactly long. So Chiron in retrograde, we can't stress this enough because Chiron is about our own um, wounds and energetically and maybe even karmically. It's the stuff in us that never feels finished or it shows up. It's like the shadow side that shows up in every situation. Um, for example, I think my Chiron is in the 12th house and one of the things that shows up in every situation, every new situation, self-doubt. It's like always move, try to move forward and then doubt myself. It's like, oh, uh, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Comes right back up. And sometimes I can move through that. And sometimes I really get hooked into the struggle. Um, and so right now, Chiron being in retrograde is asking us to examine that. It's going to give us lots of opportunities to notice it. So it's not so much that we're struggling more than usual. What's happening is we're more consciously aware that we're struggling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is not necessarily fun, right? Like it's, it's kind no, it's of not. like ignorance is bliss. <laughs> it sucks. There are moments where, you know, and this comes in waves. Like it's not a, for most people, it's not a, a continuous cycle or period of oofness. I don't know how you spell that, but anybody wants to give it a go, <laughs> by all means. Um, so it's coming in waves, but yeah, when it hits those bottom outs, so to speak, uh, it really fucking sucks. It hurts, it's no fun, <laughs> it's uncomfortable, but there is a bigger picture to this whole cycle. And I'm going to throw that to Teresa to tell us what, what's the reward that we get from doing all this internal work? The reward. I'm like, what is the reward? I'm just trying <laughs> I to know right now. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm in the right place because I'm um, 
So that's what, in case you guys are watching me and you're like, what is she doing? Why is she not paying completely attention? completely ignoring me. It's 11, 11 I'm just like on my phone because it's more fun to like space out than tune in. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I am making sure that I am in the live chat with everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm making sure that I shared it. And it didn't look like it captured. So I'm going to try it again. Okay. Um, but let's talk about what you would ask. What's the reward? Yeah. So what's the reward? What do we get from, and, and here's, hang on, I'm going to add to that while you continue. Um, mm -hmm. You've got two choices during this time. One, you can stay stuck in your emotional crap and fuel it by focusing on it and how bad it is and how that person shouldn't do that and blah, blah, blah. You know, that when you go around and around in circles and it makes you feel even worse, that's fueling the emotional crap. Or you've got choice number two, which is my favorite. I can't say I always choose it. Sometimes I choose option number one, even just for a brief period of time. Mm -hmm. Option number two is to work, do the internal work to clear, to heal, to release, to move through whatever internal stuff you've got, to reprogram is you know, a term that I use in the work that I do, to step into a new way of being and living. And the rewards from that, can I throw it back to you for the rewards? I mean, you can throw your two cents in. So the rewards for that are um, that you get to up level, right? You get to move past that level and into something better, better for yourself. And here's an ex a woo-woo example of this. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. The whole idea of karma and karmic cycles, right? So we experience karma so that we can clear it. It's, we're not experiencing it because we're being punished. Mm. we're experiencing it so we can atone it or rectify it right kind of um it's like a zero it's like karma equals debt if you will and our job is not to be in debt or be upset that we're in debt but rather to um zero balance our debt and when we zero balance the debt we get to move forward into the next level of being so this is just a kind of a earthly example of that cycle right so we're here we're here and we're trying to move into that next level of being and it's kind of like we have to deal with the shit that's blocking us from moving forward and moving up mm, i've got another sort of analogy another way to put it for for uh, it's a little it's a little word it's not word um <laughs> i mean as we go through our lives we tend to pick up a lot of emotional baggage at various points and right now everybody's got varying levels or amounts of it it's kind of like weights or different extra coats and stuff that you've got piled on that you're moving through and dragging through life with you during this next few months while we've got Chiron in retrograde you're literally having an opportunity to see what you're wearing to see what you're carrying and go oh do I really want to be carrying that anymore and you get the opportunity to heal it clear it let it go so when you get to the end of this period then, like Therese said, you get to level up. You get to, I mean, you've been asking to have certain things come to you, whether it's more money or um, different business ideas or things to move forward for quantum leaps. I've heard this term a lot of a lot lately for people who are doing spiritual and energetic work. They want to have a quantum leap. Well, you can't have a quantum leap if you're laden down with all this baggage and weight. So Chiron is putting the spotlight on you, on your stuff, so that you can make that choice to either continue to drag it through your life or you can take it off and be able to step into what you want to experience and who you want to be more freely. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you that right now you're going to be triggered more easily than any mm -hmm. other time. So that's why it feels like 
more crap is here presently. It's because you're actually more triggered by the things that activate your awareness. Mm, and it's not just a singular thing. Yeah, it's not just the thing in front of you that's causing the trigger. It's triggering, like as, as an example, um, as like people have got stuff around rejection or abandonment or those are the kind of the big heavy ones. So mm -hmm. someone, will, someone in front of you might say or do something that you box or feel as rejection, but it's not just the rejection in that moment that you're feeling. You're feeling the rejection of every other time you've been rejected and it's oh my life. Oh, totally. At totally, the moment. Absolutely. Every time that you, it's almost like <laughs> Chiron in retrograde brings out the melodrama in <laughs> us too. <laughs> we get triggered so easily, right? So we are, we become melodramatic, a little bit black and white about why does this always happen to me? Everyone's abandoning me. Every, you know, like people, blah, blah, blah. That's the kind of thoughts that are going through our head and our job right now is to be self-aware and just be like, ooh. And, and here's the thing. I get it. It's easier to say that than do it. I've been triggered recently, like just over the weekend was super triggering for me. <laughs> and I was talking to Rach and she was making some valid points and I didn't want to hear mm. that point because it wasn't matching how I felt, right? It was, and like what she said, it was, um, it wasn't just this one moment. It was the culmination of every time it's happened, right? And it was, I don't know, what was, the, what, I'm trying to remember without talking about the whole thing. It was really about integrity or my definition of mm. integrity, right? And respect. <laughs> That's what she kept trying to point out was like, this is your definition of integrity. But, and I was like, no, that's just common courtesy. <laughs> it's like my whole point of view. It's we can get really, um, this common decency was the wording you were using. It's not necessarily right. <laughs> your version of your version of common decency. Yeah. We that all have true. our own definitions. We do have our own definitions and it can be really difficult to deal with people right now who are so contrasting mm. to you and the things that, especially in the areas that trigger you, that contrast is going to be really highlighted. Um, and what can happen is you can get a little self-righteous, a little puritanical maybe. <laughs> like there is one way and it is mine. <laughs> and I'm right and you're wrong. So Exactly. <laughs> right. And that it really does bring that up too. It's, uh, th this is one of the major, major things I can see in clients, especially in relationships. And it's like it really isn't so black and white but this one moment, it really feels like it's an either or sometimes. You can either be right or you can be happy. Mm. And it, sometimes it comes down to that. And how many times do we choose right and we get, we're miserable, but we're right, <laughs> but we're miserable. And let me just put a caveat to that. You're right from your version of the world. <laughs> Right. Exa exactly. Because from your perspective, from your perspective, your life experiences, um, your values, mm -hmm. your belief system, you are right. But the problem is that there is not just one perspective in this world. And um, that comes down to that image that our team gave us of the giant, you make a giant room, see a giant room in your head. And where you're standing in that room is your perspective. Now fill it with a whole bunch of other people and notice that wherever they're standing, that's their perspective. 
and that nobody can share your exact perspective. They can be really close. Like Rachel and I are very close, but she wouldn't concur with me on my statements because it's not her. She's not having that same exact experience as me. So she can't, she's got a different perspective and she's got an objective perspective mm. versus my personal perspective. Yeah. And here's the, the thing that, that makes, and it's something to be aware of that you're not necessarily aware of in the moment. When your emotional stuff is triggered, particularly when the emotions are really overwhelming and intense, it cuts off your ability to access the rational part of your brain. Now, you can access parts of it, but you're not going to have the full access to the rational aspect of it to get any, on, any objectivity um, in that situation oh, no. while the emotion is at its peak. You're highly biased. You're highly biased at that point. Yes, and I agree. That's okay. That's okay. But having an awareness that your bias is always good, not necessarily yeah. possible in that moment. So <laughs> not, and we understand. Might, see, that's the interesting thing is because both Rach and I teach and coach this stuff, we get it. I mean, like they're, the teacher in me was like, yes, I understand. But the um, emotional part of me was like, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, I'm in pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that's one of the and one of the things that I I mean this is moving a little bit more into the, the solutions and what you can do in these situations and what I always get my clients to do and what I, I try very hard to do for myself as well. I'm not perfect. There are times I I want to just go into the child and chuck the tantrum and be right too. Um, but one of the first things that's really important is to acknowledge how you're feeling. So if you're in fear, if you're in anger, or if you're hurt, if you're guilty, whatever the emotion is, if you can just for that moment go, I'm, I'm feeling angry or I feel angry or I acknowledge I'm angry, whatever it is, acknowledging that that emotion is there because it is running the show at that moment. If you don't acknowledge it and allow it through yourself, then it has to go somewhere. It'll go into projection onto other people. And that's where you can cause major damage to them, to you, and it's just a whole big hot mess. So step number one for me is always give yourself permission to acknowledge that you feel what you feel. There is huge amounts of healing in giving yourself permission to do that and feel it fully. Let it through. Absolutely. And one of my favorite sayings is that compassion starts with you. So you cannot really glean it's just like you can't give others love if you're not giving yourself love you can't really give others compassion if you're not giving yourself compassion and a compassionate act is really to throw the tantrum mm -hmm. so there's a Check there's the an appropriate in fact there is a place i think it's called the anger room the angry room i'm here i remember one of our clients brought this to my attention but there's a new business model starting calling like the angry room and basically it's a place that you can go and rent space for like 10 minutes and you can, they, they put up all these mock settings. Like they even put mannequins in the space and plates that you can break and you can go in there and you can just like lose it. <laughs> you can go nuts on that mannequin. You can break glasses. You can like knock chairs over, throw things into the wall. Um, and I kind of think that it's freaking brilliant. I think mm -hmm. that that is, an amazing idea because what it's doing is it's not making having negative feelings um, a bad thing. It's acknowledging, it's acknowledging that that's there. You know, when, whenever we're doing all this spiritual work, we're constantly focusing on our light, 
and raising our frequency and having love and compassion for all things. And that is, and it's beautiful and it's good, but it's not totally real if you're not acknowledging that there's shadow available, that that there's shadow. Exactly. And that we're living a human experience. We're not angels yet. We're not, we're not light beings who are totally perfect, right? We're human and we came here to experience the contrast. Mm. Yeah. There's one other thing I want to add to that because it's really, really important. And we, um, you know, people like to focus on the positive and they, they go into their affirmations. But the problem is if the, the deeper level emotion is anger or guilt or whatever it happens to be, um, Focusing on the positive and having your affirmations is kind of like throwing the rug over all the rubbish in the middle of the room. And if you leave the rug over the rubbish in the middle of the room, particularly if it's food, you leave it for a period of time, it festers, it gets worse. That's awful. It doesn't get, <laughs> That's an awful thought. I want you to remember that because if you don't give yourself permission to feel the anger, that's exactly what you're doing. That anger is not going anywhere or that emotion no. is not going anywhere. It is going to continue to surface. And what we know about manifesting is it's it's already drawing in things, people, places, situations that are going to match it and trigger it so that you know it's still there. Yeah, there's an incredible book called, and I can't remember who wrote it, but it's called Feelings Buried Alive Never Die. Mm -hmm. So this is what happens when we don't let ourselves feel. I like your mug. Um, (laughs) This is what happens when we don't let ourselves feel what we're feeling. it goes into something. Now, sometimes, like Rach said, we, we push, suppress, and then project onto people. Mm-hmm. But in this book, they talk about how it can show up as physical ailments. Mm-hmm. And yes. it'll go into organs. It'll go into body parts and places, and, and they'll start becoming physical pain mm-hmm. when we don't deal with it. Physical pain, weakness, and illness, and disease all comes from Yeah, absolutely. And just well, I'm just reading some of the comments here. Sylvia was talking about the angry room she says like can you imagine people pulling up to that place all angry <laughs> yeah i wouldn't want to be in the parking you lot <laughs> bigger spaces and you know, far apart right oh. I, can, I can imagine that it would be a scary place to be at the beginning of someone's session but by the end they'd be like so blissed out and peaceful <laughs> yeah i yeah. love that you can see the kind of exchange as you see the angry person walk in if you've just walked out and the I know where you're at. It's all good. I'm just going to stay over here. <laughs> I bet. And honestly, that's a good point. I'm sure that people who have allowed themselves to express their mm-hmm. anger are going to be in a much more compassionate headspace when they leave and they see someone pull up all disgruntled and angry. They're going to be like, I know. I get it. Mm. I feel for you. And so I think the, it, that's the place that you get to. And this is why we talked about before. Um, it's important to acknowledge and allow those emotions through because you can't access your own compassion for yourself or anybody else until you let that part through the, the, the dam, so to speak. Then once there's, you're not holding back so much negative emotion, it's easier for you to then go, okay, what just happened? What is that about me? What do I need to work on? Right. And you can access the rational part of your brain to then make some movements, like different decisions, do things differently, approach it in a different way, see things in a new light. Absolutely. I mean, we get, when we're triggered, we get tunnel vision really fast. It's like our, our inner sight becomes a pinpoint. Mm-hmm. We're really focused on the problem, the problem, the problem. You can't even see solution in that moment when you're triggered. So, you know, moving through 
the tantrum onto the other side, suddenly you've got perspective again. Mm -hmm. So after we've chucked our tantrum rage, <laughs> yes. and we feel more calm and clear and we're ready to look, what's the next step? Well, one of the things that I've, and I created it in a new process that I did this morning for my Source for Shift people, so they can use the Source for Shift technique at a, at a certain part in the process, but one of the things that I get all my clients to do is to sit down with a pad and pen, at the very least, and deconstruct what happened. So I put it into columns, go, right, what happened? So look at, oh, well, I did this, they did that, he said that, she said this, whatever it happens to be, just put down what happened. And then start to find, look for the part where it all went crazy, crazy. <laughs> and go, okay, so there's two questions I always ask or use to pull it apart to find out what's really going on because whatever's happening in front of you is not the real problem. It's the meaning you're attaching to it and all the baggage that you've, your, all the beliefs that are attached to that too. So two questions. One, what meaning am I attaching to that? So he said, blah, 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 I got triggered. What meaning did you attach to that? That's going to be insightful in itself. And then you start to ask, well, why is that a problem? So they said this thing, but why is that a problem? Oh, because it means blah, blah, blah. Or because then they're disrespecting me or they're rejecting me or they're, this is not going to be possible for me. All these belief, 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 belief. And then you can go to another layer. You can keep asking, why is that a problem? What meaning have I attached to that? Why is that a problem? And that will start to give you a whole bunch of beliefs and emotions that are wrapped up in that particular problem. So that would be my next step. And this is going to be easy for people who like to dig. For those of us who don't like to <laughs> dig around. What would you suggest? I would go into surrender next because mm. that's what I'm going to need to get myself to dig. <laughs> I'm going to need to surrender to the process. So my favorite way to go into surrender is to literally take a surrender pose. And for me, it's child's pose. And I stay there as long as I can. I mean, sometimes when I'm in child's pose, it's like I just fold over like a little petal and I melt into the earth and it feels so good. And there are other times where I get a real body check-in. I've got tightness I wasn't expecting. Um, sometimes it makes me cry, right? Like mm -hmm. it's just like I I've didn't want before. to let go. Mm. Didn't want to let go. And then I actually move into the position of surrender and it unlocks the emotions and it lets them out. Once you realize you were already in resistance to fixing it, because we can be, right? We can mm -hmm. be highly aware, highly aware that it's our responsibility to change our perspective and be in total resistance to doing it. Mm -hmm. I see clients doing this all the time. I see these super smart people who know this shit. They know their shit. They're not dummies. And yet they get triggered by a situation and it's like all of it goes out the window. Mm -hmm. And they're asking for help and you're trying to help them. And it's like, no, I can't do that. No, I won't do that. No, I don't know the answer. No, 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 no. And, they're, and the truth is they're in resistance to changing. Um, so getting into child's pose is so powerful. You know, and some people hate that pose. I actually like it because it's kind of like sleeping. I like it. To me, it's like it's an easy <laughs> one. Easy one. Yeah, I like that one. Downward dog, which really stretches out the legs. You know, but uh, down and then downward dog would work as well. But the child's pose is gentler, and it'll open you up. So once I feel myself, find, and you can feel the unlocking point. There, 
you feel it. Trust me. If you don't feel it, you're not in it long enough. <laughs> but it's like you feel it. What it feels like to me is a car, like a horse unhooking from a cart is what it yeah. feels like. Yeah. And there's, um, <laughs> I was just thinking too, because one of the things that some people get stuck on is and I, I, when they being able to say something like I surrender, blah, blah, blah. Um, there is another way that's kind of like a, a half step if you can't say the words I surrender or I let it go because that feels too hard and you don't kind of want it, then you can ask a question go, how can I surrender and let this go now? So it's not saying I'm letting it go. It's just opening up the possibility that there is a way to do that. And, and Sylvia is asking, what is child's pose? So how do I describe uh -huh. it? So child's pose, you start by kneeling on the floor. So you're just sitting on your mm -hmm. knees. And then you bend all the way over, stretching your hands out in front of you so that your hands are laying across the floor in front and your forehead's touching the floor. So it's your basically... Your butt's on your heels still. Yeah, your butt's on your heels. So you're just like knelt over. It's like you're trying to take a nap in a kneeling position, if that makes any sense. You know how when they do the... the you see them, they're praising the gods and they go up and then they go all the way down onto the floor. It's kind of <laughs> like that. So, But you're all yes. you're saying is, I fucking give up. <laughs> <laughs> I surrender! <laughs> I let it go. Fuck this shit, damn it. <laughs> let it's it go. The <laughs> fuck this shit pose now. The fuck it pose, whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's like a prayer. It's like kneeling yeah. on, a, on a prayer mat, except you go all the way down and you let your forehead touch the floor and you just let it go. And you stay there until you feel your resistance unlock. And you will. You'll feel it. <laughs> you will. You'll feel it unlock. And as soon as it's unlocked, that's the time to move into what Rach is talking about. And you sit there and you look at it, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you go into surrender, you child's pose, and then you get up and you go have a wine spritzer <laughs> and go talk to your bestie on the phone, that's not really doing – you can go right back into resistance. The door is open. Um, so if you want to do the work, that's the next – Mm. That's the next step to do it. Yeah, you've got a choice. You can either do the work or have it trigger you again. And I've got 88% for 11.33. Thanks, guys. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, no, I can't see any of my percentages right now. But um, <laughs> Sylvia is saying that's the fuck this shit, I'm out pose. Yes. <laughs> fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> yes. Honey, can you make a meme that has that on the <laughs> I have to find someone doing child's pose and I'll put that on her. I'll put that on our Instagram. I'm out. <laughs> I like it. We'll make it a t-shirt for you guys to go with the, the one something about I sprained my vagina or I don't know. There's so many random. I've got to write this down. Fuck this shit. I'm out. <laughs> and child pose shall now be renamed as. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So now oh. we've, now we we moved through resistance. We wrote down the questions, which are, why did that trigger me? And what, what does meaning, that mean? What meaning am I attaching to that? Why is it a problem? Okay. So Best then we've done, we've done, we've done those. Now, to me, I, I have, uh, so for me, it would be self-care. I need to immediately do some self-care stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know yep. what you would go into, but. I don't like to dig. <laughs> so as soon as I'm done, I'm going to be like, mm, now I need the cookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, at that point, once you've got awareness, I mean, having awareness is step one, but there are so many different ways to process out your crap. So my 
personal thing is to use Source for Shift. That's why I created it because it uses multiple modalities to be able to, to clear the, the beliefs, to clear the emotional crap and then program in the opposite, the, the empowering, the compassionate, the loving beliefs. So I would go there. Um, but there are other ways, like if you've got any kind of modality, whether you use EFT, Theta Healing, NLP, which, you know, all of this is based on um, anything that you've got, any tool, any technique that helps you to release and clear that crap and change it, do that. That would be my suggestion. Use your tools. Yeah, I was, um, I think Anna is here. I think she's watching, but uh, would you recommend floating? Would floating help? Mm. Wait, you floated. I have floated. Um, yeah, I mean, that's another one where it's self-care and, and that's a time for reflection. There are plenty of ways to just, I mean, I've been reading, I started reading The Universe Has Your Back. I think that's what it's called. And she's got a statement in there which is, now I may or may not quote this properly, but I think it's a really good statement to use in these moments, which is I let myself learn or I learn through love now. Learn through the teacher of love or I learn through love now. Or I, oh, now I've got to look it up. Anyway, if anybody's been reading the book and knows the statement, it's basically opening up to saying I allow myself to learn through love instead of fear because often this stuff is there's fear behind it. I'm fear of being let go of or Say the name of the book again. I'm going to type it in the chat. Yep. The Universe Has Your Back. Hang on. Do, I have do it you know who Kindle. wrote that? Yeah, I'll be able to tell you in two seconds because <laughs> I have it on my Kindle. I've been reading it. La, la. Uh, the Universe Has Your Back by about this book. Um, <laughs> to Transform Fear to Faith. And it's by Gabrielle Bernstein. Oh, Gabby Bernstein. Okay. Yep. So it was just that statement really stood out to me. Um, in fact, I put it in my reminders because it's so important to me right the second to get it right. I'm ready to learn through love. That's what it is. I'm ready to learn through love. So even just using that as a mantra, um, that will allow the universe to come and show you different ways to move through these things with love instead of through fear, which is what she was talking about. So I love that as a nice little go-to, on-the-go um, process that you can use, strategy. Yeah, but I, I, and once you've done something like Source for Shift or some kind of modality, for me it's checking in with the body and really seeing what do I want now? Like what, asking it sincerely, what would you like now? Sometimes mm. we hear, I want to lay down. Sometimes I, I lately it's, I want to go for a walk. Um, earlier it was, I want to go to the pool. <laughs> you know, it's like all these things that there's a reason. Like it, that's, it knows how to recharge itself. And this goes back to our four intelligence centers mm. that we always talk about, which is body intelligence. Yes. Body knows what it needs next when it's in recovery. Mm -hmm. um, and it's our job to listen to that, mm -hmm. right? Because if, especially type A people, come on, we're, and oh God, I wanted to talk about this because it was, I found it quite triggering. It triggered my stuff. Um, but us type A people have a tendency to want to push through it, right? Because we're going to bust our goals. We're going to kick goals. Mm -hmm. Bust ass and blah, 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 all that. Now, stuff. yesterday, yesterday, now, now, now. Right. Um, and I actually was listening to a coach who I won't say who it was, uh, but they were talking about 
something that goes right against my own beliefs. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And she was talking about um, professionals versus amateurs. Oh, and, I saw a post about this not too long ago. Keep going. Uh-huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. You know. <laughs> it was interesting. Like, mm. yeah, and it was. And it's so good to listen, right? What's it's more important before we go into our stuff is to try to hear. Because I, mm. I can understand where she's coming from. Yeah, yeah. But it goes right against what I know to be true when I tune into myself. And she was saying that, um, that an amateur listens to their feelings mm. right they focus on their feelings where a professional focuses on consistency and i get that i get consistency and i understand where she's coming from when you're trying to build something and it's a very type a thing to say and consistency is important but so are your feelings and to categorize that as being amateur really that was a triggering thing for me i had to be like <laughs> okay. That's my so, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about that for a second because I can see there being a difference as well. Like when we're, I think she, and it, I'm guessing what she might be referring to, I don't know for sure because I'm not in her head, but mm -hmm. feelings in terms of our fears, our, that kind of emotional stuff where it's going, well, I don't know if I should, or what if I, and it feels uncomfortable and it feels. Well, no, she actually gave an example. Oh, did she? Uh, so one, I would say intuition her... is different. Uh, one of her examples was that I don't feel like doing this right now. You know, like that, mm. that was the example. I don't feel like doing this right now. I feel like I should take a break. I want to relax was like the thing that was coming up. And I, I thought if she had talked about, I'm scared. I don't know if they'll mm. like me. I don't know if it's, then I would have been like more on the same page, but really it was like tuning in and the body was saying no. And she was kind of saying, fuck that a pro would do it anyway. And I'm like, Oh, that's, but this person is also, mm. I've seen that coaching style take people right into burnout. Mm. And we've actually seen, we've watched the connection, right? So yes. it's tricky. It it's is tricky. Because I would, yeah, there's, there's times where, and I think what you've got to do, and I think that's where the conversation could have been a bit better with her, is the looking behind the motivation, like looking at the motivation behind the words. like. If you're just saying, I don't want to do that right now because you're in resistance to doing it, that's one thing. But if you're yeah. saying, if you're tuning in and really listening to your body and going, actually, no, my body says I actually need a break. And I've had days like that where my brain's going, no, I need to get this done. But the body's going, uh, no, you actually need to rest. And I've had to make a choice in that moment. So that's a different motivation around the same feelings statement. So I think that's important to, to well, and describe here. Yeah, and you've also made, but you've also made a specific t intention, Rach, that you do not want to go into burnout again. Absolutely, so it's it is mm. in alignment with your intention. If your that's intention true. is to break seven figures as fast as I can, no matter what, that's a different intention. Mm. Then, yeah, taking the time to listen to your body is probably, and your body's going to say, "I'm exhausted." <laughs> yeah. Um not going to help you do that. It's not going to be in alignment with that intention. Right. Mm. But, um, I don't know though. So that was triggering because I was like, Oh, you know, listening to yourself above all, mm. I think is one of the, well, it's what we teach people to do. Yep. It is a big part of is to put the power back into your hands more mm. than anybody else outside of you. If anyone who is external to you 
has more power in your life than you, something's off, mm. right? Yeah. We've given, we've given too much away. So um, bring you back to the dealing with the emotional stuff. Like when you do the deconstruct, when you pull things apart and you answer all those questions that you have it in front of you, then you can actually get more um, objective viewpoints. And it might be that that other person was projecting their stuff and you've reacted to that. So there's a, mm -hmm. an oh, opportunity yeah. to be able to see, like we've just had this discussion. Well, maybe there's, she's coming at it from a different point. I can see how she came, how she's saying that stuff. It's not necessarily in alignment with me. So you can come to a level of, that's okay. She's allowed to think that from her perspective. My perspective oh, yeah. is different. I'm drawing that power back instead of being reactive to it. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And she's good at what she does. I mm. mean, if her, her intentions are different mm. than mine, yeah. my intention is to create a sense of self-empowerment and mm. to really get in touch with me, like hear me. Mm. Because for so long in my life, there was a period where I didn't hear myself and I created massive self-doubt. Mm. I didn't know which way I was going. And as soon as I tuned back into myself and I put the power back in my hands, I know. I know what I want to do. And I decide all the time what's today's intention. What is my, you know, I have a very clear focus. I think I, I got triggered by the word amateur being connected to right. knowing how I feel, right? Mm, yeah. So I was like, I'm not an amateur. I'm a, pro. <laughs> I'm a goddamn pro. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>. you. <laughs> right? So I had to go into child's pose and then I had to go have a wine spritzer. Um, no. Fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's my favorite. I'm out. <laughs> Absolutely. I love it. So yeah, there are a lot of ways to move through it, but um, yeah, letting the emotion through is a very big part of getting yourself 1144 to a place. 644. Yeah, Get yourself to a place of being able to rationally move through it or let it go or make different decisions or whatever you have to do. There are a thousand processes. I mean, we talk through a lot of different ones when we do our spirit circles. We go through a release process in the spirit circle, which I believe is this coming, it's coming up. There's one on. Well, we're actually doing on Sunday, my Sunday, your Monday. Mm -hmm. um, that's the new moon. The new moon. Circle. So. We're in a release process right now, which is why we're talking about this because it's so potent right now. It's a really mm. good time. If you've got crap you want to get rid of, do it now. Do it before Sunday or Monday if you're in Australia. Um, so we both have processes. Now, on my end, so Rach is the beautiful source for shift technique, and it's very powerful. On the woo-woo side, if you wanted to call in spirit energy, we do on that side, we do cord cutting. Mm -hmm. which yeah. when you put them together, it's like, it's so powerful yeah. because um, there's a magic over there that I, we actually experienced happening. I was telling my class last night about the cord cutting that freaked me out because I cord cutted a relationship. And as soon, it's like, as soon as I went snip, I'm done. And I felt relief. That person out of the blue reached out and was like, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> like the, all of a sudden they wanted to know, what I was doing. Um, and it was really funny because when I told Rach, tell him what you said to me. I want you to. Yeah. So what happens sometimes when we do this cord cutting, when we say, yeah, okay, I'm done. Um, that other person has been feeding off your energy for quite some time. And they, whether they consciously know it or not, they're subconsciously realizing that that energy is not coming to them anymore. There's, Ooh, something's missing. Ooh, I'm, I need to reconnect with them so I continue to feed off their energy. So that can happen sometimes, which means you're in a place of decision. You can choose 
to reconnect, sometimes reconnect in a new way if it's letting go of a particular relationship, but sometimes it's choosing not to reconnect so that you keep your own energetic boundaries and integrity within your, your zone and keep your energy because you deserve it. Absolutely. So there's lots of powerful ways mm. that you can move through release around these things. Um, with that, I think that it's time to let them ask questions. Questions? I know. We've been talking for a while now. <laughs> We're on a roll. They're very excited. They're, they're, uh, from the comments that I'm looking at, um, people are totally in agreement. And Agnes is talking about uh, Turning Pro by Stephen Pressfield, who he also wrote The War of Art. Oh, I, love I love that one. I haven't I heard love that, that one. Turning Pro. So Turning Pro is the kind of follow-up book to that. Because yeah. he actually does talk about it in The War of Art. He has a whole, the, the second section is like the beginning of Turning Pro. Right. Um, and there, there, it is. And consistency is absolutely a key mm. of being professional. So I, I'm not in disagreement with what she was saying completely. I was... <laughs> I just wish that sometimes that I could have a live conversation when you hear that and be like, wait a second, here's my perspective on tuning into feelings. Mm. Um, and then see if she could clarify and if she agrees with that or not. She might not, but and that's it would okay. have been interesting to mm. have that conversation. Awesome. Okay, so we're opening up the lines, if you will, to anyone who has a question. The psychic hotline is now open. <laughs> We are now turned on. Yay. So Shanti is saying that she needed to hear this and that she feels like purging and cleaning the house. That's fantastic. That's another way to do be, it too. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And you know, what's really funny is um, sometimes when I get in arguments with my husband, sometimes, not all the time, if I get particularly heated, I actually unconsciously start cleaning. Mm. And sometimes my house is spotless because of all the anger. <laughs> like in the kitchen, I'm like moving that, you know, the, I don't know if you have one of these stoves, but we have an electric stove where you can pull the burners out and then clean the little pans. We've got a, a, a gas one, similar kind of thing. <gasps> okay. My pans were sparkling. I mean, I got stuff off of wow. them. It's probably been on there for years, but I was like, what motherfucker? You know? <laughs> it's great. Cleaning is a great way. Any kind of, active thing that you can do through anger is, is actually quite good like physically moving running sprinting that sort of stuff beat the crap out of a cushion that's great yes well anger um we were movement. talking about this rach and i um about the on the ladder of emotions mm. from low frequency to high frequency anger is actually uh, one of the higher lower emotions mm. So it gets you higher up the emotional ladder. Because it moves. And the, it moves you. and the beauty about anger is it tells you that you have available energy. That's why you hear a lot of professionals actually talk about doing, taking that anger and doing something with it. You know, like professional athletes will channel their anger. We hear this all the time because anger can quite easily be channeled into something highly productive and healthy. Mm, where shame and guilt and grief they'll keep you just stuck very in a puddle on the floor type thing yeah, so absolutely. Anger is good. absolutely yes anger can be used as a passion absolutely um so the first question we've got mm -hmm. coming through is from agnes and she's asking about 
uh, her trip to Poland. I'm open to new experience because I have been uh, open on the, hold on, I need to put my glasses on. Why am I trying to not do this? Okay, here we go. Because I have been uh, open to the path to go. I haven't received a job project offer yet. However, I feel like I'm giving um, up something. Feel anxiety like never before because maybe my financial situation. Do you want to go first? You want mm -hmm. me to go first? No, you go first. Let me just sit with that for a minute. Yeah, change is going to be triggering. So this is one of the things that's triggering you. This is exactly in alignment with this, you know, this whole topic. Um, is it's bringing up some stuff that's uncomfortable for you. If you had true belief that you are secure, safe, secure, and protected no matter where you go, no matter what's happening in your external world, you would, the, the money would be there. The money manifests. It really does. And I've seen this in my personal life. I've seen it show up at, in times where I thought it was impossible. I thought that that I had hit the end of the <laughs> the end of the rope, so to speak, and there was more rope beneath it. <laughs> it just never fully let go. It just never disappeared. Uh, so what this shows me is that, but you have to be in belief that if this is what's calling you, that there's a reason that it's calling you. This is what the universe has my back is about, right? So again what's happening here is that you've externalized your safety, your security. This is what happens when we believe that um, outside things give us security. Um, we, when those outside things disappear, for whatever reason, we feel totally insecure. So what's the answer is you have to cultivate a sense of knowing that your sense of security, safety, um, being held is internal. It's an internal feeling that will manifest physically every time. And it can be scary, but you know what? People get it when they're forced into that situation. You don't want to be forced into it. So you are giving, you're being given a really cool opportunity, and the choice is trust it now or be forced into a situation where then you have to like choose to trust it, right? Don't do that. You don't want to do that one. Trust me. If you have a choice to go on a vacation and trust it, mm -hmm. I want to bring up a, a small example. There was there have been several people that I've seen. You can Google it. I sure I'm sure on YouTube. But there was a woman called Peace Pilgrim. She's one. And then there are other people who have gone traveling with nothing, no money, no food. And I'm not suggesting you do this, by the way, but I just want you to know Impossible. they went with nothing, right? Maybe a bottle of water on them for the duration of the walk, but they didn't have a place to sleep. They didn't know people where they were going, um, and they didn't have the things they, that you would typically think you need, right? And yet they were always taken care of. They were always like offered a place to stay, always offered to join a meal. It's and it's amazing. And these people take long trips where they just, and this woman, um, Peace Pilgrim, that was her whole intention was to spread peace. And she would just, she literally walked everywhere and people would stop, take pictures with her, take care of her, like hang out with her, learn from her. And then she'd keep moving on. And then it would happen again and again and again. And, and really the universe does provide. 
but you've got to believe it because whatever you believe is what you see. We, and Rach, we've talked about this with the whole mm -hmm. internet. Um, we have a really great show. Well, actually that was when we were on the radio network. So we might not have that anymore, but tell them about the, what you put in Google and what you get. Yeah. So your mind works, you've got this part of your mind that's called the reticular activating system. And mm -hmm. whatever you look for, you're going to find basically. So just like with Google, you type in, um, you might type in debt. So you're going to get a whole bunch of pages that show you proof where debt is. And if you put in wealth, then you get provided with a whole bunch of pages of where wealth is. So with your RAS, your reticular activating system, it works the same way. Whatever you focus on, you are going to find evidence of either in your past, in your current, like in your current life, um, or even projected into your future. So we talk about, and, and Therese has talked about this before, but if you imagine that, you know, you going to Poland is one wolf and you not going and it being a struggle is another wolf, whatever you're focused on is the wolf that you're feeding and you are constantly feeding them something. So yes. which wolf, which reality do you want to form in your physical reality? Because Absolutely. that is the one you want to be consistently choosing to feed. Right, exactly. And they... Um, we're like she said, we're constantly feeding them, and the one that gets fed the most is the dominant wolf. So mm -hmm. if it, if you want to call it lack and abundance or positive and negative, whichever one you choose, um, we're constantly feeding one or the other, and whoever gets the most food is the dominant. It's the alpha. Okay. Yep. So yep. And here's the big exactly. thing: is they all exist. Every option exists. The wolves still Every. exist, no matter <laughs> yes, what. So like like we said with the with Google. All of those websites exist. What it shows you is whatever you're focused on is what you see. So knowing yeah. that you have the power, now you can choose which wolf you're going to feed. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. So another question. Conscious choice. Becky is saying, I never learned how to feel anger, never understood hitting something. I raged once in my life. It was terrifying. I think it's something I'm suppressing and it's in my body. Mm -hmm. mm. Grief comes up um, big too and I don't know what's causing it and I keep trying to find its root cause to let that go. It'll often, grief will have multiple causes, not always just one thing. Grief is an emotion that you've tagged to various things and it might be that you use grief instead of anger, which is often a case. It doesn't necessarily mean you've got repressed anger. Um, it just means you've decided that anger wasn't an emotion you wanted to use, so you're storing up grief on all of these different situations. Um, so it's, like we talked about before, it's kind of healing each individual piece as you go. It's not as easy as saying, right, I just want to release and heal all grief. I wish it and, was. and then another thing that's coming up for me is you may have had a person in your past that represented anger to you mm. and that was a very troubling it yeah. really it really yeah. got to you and there was we make packs with ourselves either we and we make packs with ourselves about people in our lives either i will never be like you mm. or i'm i'm going to live up to you like i'm going to honor you by being like you so mm. we do that and so if there's a person in your life who represents anger what angry was there's a good chance that you made a pact that i will never get mm. angry because that experience was you know maybe terrifying at the time um, so it's quite possible that you just won't go there. Mm. Yeah, so there's some 
probably some digging and stuff to do around that, Becky. I know you've learned the source for shift. So you could do um, like a statement that says, I feel grief about, and then just let yourself pour out onto the page all the different things that you feel grief about because that'll be what's causing the pool of, of grief as opposed to it just being... As, we think of it as a singular emotion, but it's not a singular. It, it is a singular emotion, but is attached to a thousand things or can be attached to a thousand things. So um, it's having to release it and clear it from those, not necessarily from the thousand things as individuals, but that's how you clean it up is to clear it off the pieces that it's attached to. Awesome. All right. Caitlin's asking, um, how can I gently introduce my family, mostly parents, to things like healthier, clean eating and emotional intentions, and especially my mom, uh, that she can go, that she can harness her emotions? I don't want to try and go in and take things over and control because I know that wouldn't go over well. So how do I do it in a way where they're, they stay open and willing uh, and they start searching themselves so it's not just by my suggestion? Um, I think the first thing that comes up is, A, you've got to stay unattached to what they choose to do because it may not matter mm. if you come at them with the gentlest approach and the most you know, logical and rational approach ever. If they've got stuff around it and resistance to it, you kind of just got to let it go. But here's what happens a lot of the time. They might have initial resistance to it, but you've planted the seed and be okay with that. Um, my first sort of approach to that would be... Um, look, I've come across some stuff that, that helps people to be more healthy. So you're not saying what it is. You're just, you, you focus on the benefit that they need most. It's I've come across this, this stuff that is really good for helping heal whatever it is that she's trying to heal from. So you're talking to her with her language, which then might open the door to go, okay, well, here's some things that I've found that work for me that maybe you want to try. So it's a very gentle, not in their face, you have to do this. Also, people learn really strongly by example. And I, I know that it's hard to believe that as children we can be examples to our parents, but that's a limiting belief, truly. Mm. Um, so as, you know, as they see you change, and believe me, I know personally because I've had the opportunity to talk to them that they're very aware of you and your changes, the positive changes that you've made in your lives. They're aware they haven't figured out how to apply it for themselves that was at least the the gist of the last conversation that i had so it wasn't so much that they don't see it in you they just don't know how to translate it yet translate mm -hmm. it into their own life um and there are a lot of old beliefs hi pants there's a lot of old beliefs and values um, that they have to get over. It's stuff that, that was, you know, given to them. Mm. See, we grow up being given our values. And it isn't until we're older and we decide to choose, we, we have to reevaluate. And some of us never do. Some people never reevaluate what they've been given as values. A lot of us who are in personal growth do. Mm. You know, that's the first thing we have to do is be like, oh, fuck. Oh, I don't believe that. Like, you know, especially um, an easy one to see is religious values, right? So I don't believe God hates me or thinks I'm a sinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, come on. No. Um, so uh, you have to see that 
And that might be an easier one to break down for some people, whereas there are other values like values about integrity or working hard or shut up and just do it, right? Like yeah. shut up and bear it. That's a value, believe it or not, that's taught. Um, and that can be really hard to spot in yourself if it's an ingrained pattern. And the other thing too would be, you know, there, there's possibly, you know, based on what I know already, there is a lot of things that they could change and it's going to feel overwhelming to change all of the cleaning products and to change all this other stuff about their diet. Baby steps is the key. So it might be that you switch out one form of the way that your mother cleans the house that's then more non-toxic. Let's just start with mama, one mum and see how that goes. And with their diets and stuff, let's just start with one night of the week. We don't have meat or whatever it is that would be the, the ideal healthy version for them. Um, so just baby step it and be there as support. Uh, and also if they tune into you as a bit of a teacher to guide them through that. But baby steps and small changes is what's going to make the biggest difference. God, you make such a good point. I mean, I, I, did, I made a lot of personal uh, habit changes that were self-directed. Like I just decided one day I was going to change, but it, it took a long time. Like for example, you know, switching to the natural deodorant, that was like one of the first ones I did, but it was hard. I mean, and, and, you, and I think about it now, I'm like, it was fucking deodorant. Why is that hard? But you have beliefs about how it works and what it's going to you know, do. And even though I changed that and I felt kind of healthier for that, I realized that's not the only toxic thing. I'm now seeing in my environment mm. and it was very overwhelming for me to go through and get rid of all the stuff I was familiar with and mm. replace it with healthier alternatives. Um, and the last one actually, interestingly enough, was the, the cleaning stuff, which mm. is full of toxins and crap, right? But I had this belief in my mind that it's not really clean unless I'm using industrial strength stuff that could like kill me, right? Like it has to like make I me choke. Gas myself doing using Domestos, which is like chlorine, and I'd use the the I used to use the cream cleanser with it together, and I used to clean houses with my mum. That's what she used to use, and I <laughs> would come out of that, and all I could smell was the Domestos. Very bad idea. Now we don't oh, no. use any of that stuff. Magic blocks no. are freaking awesome. I, yeah, no, we use, um, there's something called Citrusolve. That's mm -hmm. all I use now. One product. Mm. And it's, it's made from oranges. It's yep. literally like non-GMO. Like it's like the cleanest thing. I've ever, and my house smells like oranges when I clean and I love it. But I mean, I, I used to think that I needed to have like the ammonia for the windows yeah. and glass. That stuff works on windows and glass. When I found that out, I was like, hallelujah. My bills just went down for like mm -hmm. buying cleaning supplies. Yeah, yeah. I was very, very resistant. For someone who's so like gung-ho to try this, mm. I had to work through some stuff around it. Yep. I just had these so, beliefs in my head, right? So this is something that other people... Yeah, be yeah. patient with them. It's going to be a process. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you can make it smaller, smaller chunks, let's just change this this week. Let's just change that next week. That's going to make a big difference. I'm writing it down right now, guys. That's called... A I think it's called Citra Solve. I'll take a picture of it later and post it in the group for those who want to know. But it's literally uh, orange oil, basically, mm. and a couple of other orange-based components. And you dilute it with water, and then you can put it in a spray bottle. But it's just – you can use it straight, too. And, I mean, it gets up all the <laughs> – 
Now I have, now I'm doing a commercial <laughs> for citrus salt. That's not Gaia today. It's citrus salt. <laughs> I know, right? I need to be endorsed by the, I mean, I can make a living just endorsing products. Um, it's really quite pleasant though. I love it. Mm. And I feel safer with my kids knowing that if it was, if they got hold of it, it wouldn't be really poison control stuff. It would be. Yeah. Or if they lick the surface of the the bench or whatever, because that's going to happen with a six month old at some point. Right, but you—it's so funny because in the beginning, you really—it's you don't see how deeply you're programmed until you try to break the program of what was going on before, whatever beliefs, right? And it's we're very much. Um, oh God, don't get me started on yeah. this. I could really go. <laughs> could go. Yeah. And I've got a baby that's waking up, so I've. Got limited time here, but uh, have we got another question that we? Thanks for asking the question, Caitlin. Hope that's been helpful. Um, so Agnes says she has a follow up. How can I improve my relationships with people? I'm asking because my past relationships with certain people weren't healthy. This is a really a rage. It's mm, a complicated uh, I've got, question. Well, um, my simple, the simple uh, answer I would say is notice the patterns first. Mm right? Get rid of that pattern in you. Yes. And you'll stop attracting it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now your turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's a much longer conversation for me to give you some really accurate suggestions and advice on this, but it's something that I've been doing more recently is doing cord cutting. So, you know, Therese just taught that in the, the school for spirit. Um, it's letting go of that old relationship as it was and objectively looking at it, like really objectively, like a lot of time we say, you know, focus on your feelings and, and, and intuition. Intuition is important. But this is one of those times where you actually need to listen to your head more than your heart. And when I say heart, I'm talking about your emotional stuff, not your intuition. I just want to be clear because your intuition is extremely important. Mm -hmm. But allow your head to kind of look at the relationship as a whole and look at where you're in integrity and where that relationship is in integrity or not in integrity. So is it a two-way street? Um, are you both being completely authentic? Is, it, is that relationship draining? Do they use you? Do they disrespect you? All of that sort of stuff. And I wouldn't allow that relationship back to reconnect with that relationship unless you are very clear about your boundaries and that you feel strong enough to hold them. Um, and work really work on your stuff that is contributing to that relationship being out of whack or out of balance. Um, that'd be where I would start because healing any relationship starts with you, but the relationship is made up of both people. So you can only do so much healing within yourself for that relationship to work. If the other person is not involved or not working on themselves, then the relationship won't necessarily ever be really healthy. And you've got to be allowed to let go of that for yourself. Yeah, so it's a that's a big one, <laughs> definitely. Um, not black and white. No, it's not. But it's completely something that you. It's about personal empowerment again. Mm. Always, how can I take responsibility for the situation? Your I'll, part. I'll, yes. How can I take responsibility for my part of the street? Like as the, as the team would say clean up your side of the street and we can't always you know 
we try to influence other people, of course, but the most influential thing you can do, it's like, they keep showing me this, is have a really nice street, mm. right? And people are like, that's nice. How did you do that? Then the door is open, right? For, mm -hmm. for helping them or better relationships. But until we own our stuff, and it doesn't really change yet. Mm. Exactly. So start there and see how you go and let us know how you go. Fantastic. Awesome. All right. Um, one, one other little quick question. Jody just popped in and said, I'm having communication issues at the moment. Any guidance, please, would be amazing. Communication issues. Well, I, I would say the first thing is we've been talking about this energy that's going on. If you didn't see the, the top of the show, definitely rewatch it. But understand, everybody's feeling it. Mm. Everybody's getting triggered. Everybody's shit's coming up. Everybody's having to make these choices to be consciously aware or to remain unconscious and triggered. Mm -hmm. So that's where some compassion can come in. But you've got, remember what we also said was compassion starts with you having compassion for yourself. The other thing you can do is when you can't find the words, which happens to me a lot, I can't find the words that I need to express myself in a way that's going to land in a way <laughs> that doesn't. Um, I communicate in energy I just sit in my own space and send love to that person or support or whatever feeling that I need to communicate um, and in my mind allow myself to see in terms of energy allowing whatever the block is to be cleared or be um, communicated in a way that they get it subconsciously or energetically even if you can't find the words so that would be another way to do it. I'm not quite sure who you're trying to communicate or what kind of communication you're stuck on. But Can we teach them really quick the um, communication sandwich, your sandwich technique that you do when you're trying to tell somebody something that's ah, maybe yeah. unpleasant? Yep, it's called a feedback <laughs> sandwich. Um, yes, yeah, so if you're trying to communicate something to someone who, and it's it's a, something that they, you're, you're asking them to improve on or you might trigger them in some way, shape or form. Um, a feedback sandwich is used in many different ways. Basically, it's you put the piece in the middle that you want to communicate and you wrap it in goodies. So <laughs> you, might, you start with, you know, I really love it when you do blah, 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 or thank you so much for X, Y, Z. Um, next time, could you blah, 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 whatever the thing is you want them to improve on or change or whatever that is, and then end with, look, you're so wonderful. I love this part about you. So it's, you think, just, you have to consciously think about what would you, wrap it in that's relevant to the situation so that when you deliver the middle bit it's it's like taking medicine and giving a spoonful of sugar to go with it spoonful of sugar yeah. has the medicine go down and then follow it up by <laughs> a shot even better yep. yeah exactly uh sylvia's calling that the uh, shit sandwich <laughs> that's what she's it calling is. it, it it's a shit sandwich a shit wrapped sandwich. in ice cream <laughs> right or cookies, <laughs> cookie <laughs> shit, cookie. It says whatever starts with it. Exactly. The spritzer um, shit sandwich. There you go. Yeah. So, and someone is saying, uh, or Shanti is saying that her boss just did that technique on her. So it is actually a management technique. That's one of the places it's come from. When you want to yeah. get someone to do some sort of improvement, you give them, you wrap it in goodies. Wrap it in goodies. And it's the same every everywhere with your children, whatever. Wrap it. 
it really works because of, you know, if you come at somebody with the negative straight out the gate, you're already putting them on the defensive. Mm. And that's not, and that's where we, that's where we kind of do that. I'm right. You're wrong. Crap. Whereas if you can still acknowledge what you're appreciating, Mm. you can tell someone pretty much anything, you know, there, I mean, there are limits obviously. And the way that you say it is, you can have a, Right. But you can have a real conversation with someone based on using that. Absolutely. (laughs) Everyone's got a name for it. Terry says she calls it a vinegar sandwich. So all of us are familiar with this kind of crap, shit, vinegar, (laughs) sandwichy, (laughs) feedback, whatever you want to call it. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So, oh, Shanti's just giving us some feedback, actually. She said the last time that she came on and asked for advice, um, that we told her to go for it, and she did go for it and went for the new job. It's hard, but it was perfect timing. My hospital laid off two people after I left. Wow. Man, good. I'm glad glad that went through. And maybe change the word hard to challenging Mm, so that it feels like something... (laughs) <laughs> exactly right. Growth we have opportunities. A lot of opportunities here. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that it it's not something that you're setting yourself up to feel like you're failing at because you're you're not. It's new. New things are always challenging. New jobs take six three to six months to actually really solidify and so be gentle on yourself. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Fantastic. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap this up here. Thank you so much for all the awesome comments and feedback that you're giving us. We really enjoy doing this. And if you guys have topics that you want us to talk about, let us know. Drop them in the group. Be like, next time you guys talk, will you talk about this? And we will. (laughs) We'll get a list. (laughs) Yes. Make a list. Make a wish list of what you want to hear us. Go on and on about, and we will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing one next time. Beautiful. Sylvia still wants us to make the shirt. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Oh, I wow. do. I am so, I've got that written down. I mean, it's got to go with this episode, the meme at the very least. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, beautiful. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, relax. We got this. Mm. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. To learn more about Rachel and Therese and all of our awesome offerings, go to spirit4success.com or find us on Facebook. In fact, why not join our kick-ass and sparkly group, Kick-Ass and Sparkly Lady Paneurs Unite. Until next time, relax. We got this.